Good morning, everyone. I am Owen, and I am a soldier. Uh, this morning, we particularly remember that. I'm not in the UK Army. Um, I'm not in the Navy. I'm not a paratrooper. I went to Scouts once in Tonaruin School Hall, and they asked me not to come back. But in 2004, but possibly earlier, I'm not quite sure, I've been in the army of the Lord Jesus Christ, His church. Are you in it? <laughs> I've been in the ranks, and my name is on the roll call. And this Feast of Trumpets, that's what we remember, that we're soldiers in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no better army. And there's no army that outlasts it. That's why I'm dressed like this, and my children have got army shorts on. They look wonderful. On Friday, we got to teach that the Feast of Trumpets meant that the Father gives the church his full attention when the high priest, who was dressed up as Jesus in the Old Testament, called on him. The Father looked down. We also looked that it signifies when the Lord's going to come again, and he's going to do away with sin forever. And we also looked on Friday how not even Jesus knows the time of the second coming and when the trumpet's going to sound for the last time. And that actually proves that he's God. That was a brilliant one. But today I just want to say two more things in two little sections. What these trumpets meant for the Old Testament church and for us. And as Sue just read, when the trumpets sounded church life, it was a call for battle. Battle. This is fight music. It always has been. It always will be holy fight music. And as Chris played, we're reminded this is a call today to be onwards Christian soldiers. And the Old Testament church had to fight against evil, like we do. Evil regimes who would invade their kingdom, which was a picture of heaven on earth. You can't have evil there. And they had to fight against sin and the devil and darkness. And in the Song of Solomon, it said this, The church is a beautiful and lovely bride, but also is an awesome army with banners. That's them. And as the trumpet sounds today, we're reminded as ever to come to Jesus, the captain of our army, to repent and to know him. And to join him and to be in awe of him and part of his army. But what do we fight for? The same thing as what Moses fought for in his time. My friend summed up the Christian battle like this that we should all be a part of. It's salvation. We're to serve with humility. That's what Jesus wants. We're to love our enemies. Do you find that a battle? We're to turn the other cheek. Chastity is to triumph over lust in the army of God. And Jesus says that's a wonderful thing. Love is to triumph over violence. Generosity. We're to fight for it with this trumpet call. To triumph over greed. And truth. We're to fight for truth over deception. So sinners, come to Christ. The trumpet call has gone. And we'll fight the good fight. Listen to these verses. Here's a battle. 1 John chapter 2. Do not love the world or anything in the world. The lust of the flesh, 
the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. That does not come from the Father. That comes from the world, the spirit of the world who hates Jesus. Fight this week for Jesus. Here's another one. 1 Timothy 6, fight the good fight of faith. You have faith in the living God, Father, Son, and Spirit. Fight on, soldiers. Take hold of the eternal life to which you have been called if you're trusting in Jesus today. Here's another one. You must endure hardship as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And today we're sounding it. We're in it together. And if you're not a Christian, you're to join this army which lasts forever. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. We're marching on to glory where there's no sin, death, and decay. Here's another two. Here's a battle for you as Christians in the workplace this week, but the trumpet calls us to do it. Put off all things such as anger, rage, malice, slander, and abusive language from our mouths. That's what Jesus wants of this army. And this one, don't pay people back with evil for the evil that they do to you. Focus your things on which are considered noble. And that's our great call. And then all of our neighbors and our friends will go, there's something strange about you. What army are you in? We'll go the army of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why is it hard? I'll tell you why. Because if you're like me, you're a lazy soldier. You're often a godless soldier. That's my story. Apathetic towards our Captain Jesus. That's why the trumpet sounds. Rally us together. And that's why Sue read something wonderful. And I close with these thoughts. It's a reminder today of who we're fighting for. To not be apathetic. To fight on. And Sue read, when you go into battle in your own land against an enemy who's oppressing you, sound the trumpets and the Lord will remember you. And then when they do go into battle, and Sue didn't read this bit, but it's probably one of my favorite bits of the whole Old Testament. Joshua chapter 5. The church is about to go into a big battle. Joshua's leading them and it says this. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked and saw a man standing in front of him with his sword drawn. I couldn't find a sword this morning. I wish I had one. Joshua went up to this man and said this. Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And then Joshua fell face down on the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for this servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And then Jesus led them into battle. He reminded Joshua, I'm in charge. You're fighting for me. And I'm with you. And the greatest thing ever that Sue read, they arrived at Jericho, the enemies. And the Lord said, see. Now picture them all, the armies of God. Yep, we see. Massive enemy wall. Can't get in there. Big problem. See, this is Joshua 6.2, the Lord said, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with its kings and its fighting men. Just walk around and blow the trumpets. What? 
No, no, it's already delivered. I know there's a massive wall there and thousands of people there who hate you and hate me. Don't worry. I've already given it to you. You just walk around. Follow me. I'll lead you and blow the trumpets. The battle is won. And that's why we fight. Because the battle is won. We're the only army where the battle's already been won. And the war is won. The war against sin and the devil and flesh and darkness and myself is already won for the followers in Jesus. He's done it. And he hands the victory to us and says, walk with me. The only sin we can fight this week is an already forgiven sin. That's the power of Jesus. The only battle we face this week as church members is an already uh, won battle in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he calls us on. Stand firm with the belt of truth around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Sue just read that the Feast of Trumpets was all about the Lord coming to His people. Exodus 19 and 20 teach us that. Jesus teaches that in Matthew 24. And Paul teaches that in Thessalonians. There's a trumpet sound coming and it's going to shake the very fabric of planet earth to its core. It's going to shake the very heavens and the depths of hell to its core core. And in Exodus 19, the seen Lord led the church to a mountain and they blew the trumpet and his father, the unseen Lord, arrived. And on that next and final trumpet sound, we're going to be led by Jesus and the Father will return and dwell again here with his people forever and there shall be no more tears they shall all be wiped away. The great and final second coming and trump of the Lord where Jesus welcomes His Father back to planet Earth again. Time up! And that's what we're reminded of to get ready for this morning. In basketball, you have timeouts and the referee blows a whistle and you have a little three-minute break and a plan and a get-together and then the whistle blows again and you carry on. There are little timeouts that God gives us on planet Earth to keep being focused to the final whistle. For example, God's given us governments, um, prison sentences, court systems, warnings from school teachers who tell us off, taxes, debts. What do all those things do? They give us daily reminders to pause and realize debt accounts, judgment, punishment for wrongdoing, it's a massive part of what being human is, as it is with our relationship with God. So time out, next time you get told off by a teacher in school, that's a mini trumpet sound. Man, yeah, it's a serious thing for me to break the rules. I've got to be ready for the final time out. And the Bible doesn't say it's a whistle. The Bible says the final end of the game for us to be ready for is a trumpet. No reruns. Finished. Jesus and His work of salvation ends. His work is done. And the ancient church knew that. And we're to know that. I remember in 2011 and a storm hit the Philippines and 430 people died almost instantly. I remember the headline on the BBC. They were caught 
out. They were caught out. Why does God tell Moses and Aaron and the priests and Chris and us to blow the trumpets? Because God doesn't want anyone to be caught out when he comes again. No one should be. So he's invented this family here to just warn everyone there's a great day coming when Jesus is going to come back. Look, sound the trumpets, he's coming. And he doesn't want anybody to be caught out. All our sins can be forgiven. And when God returns, it can be the greatest day of your life, of world history. The sacrifice is done. The lamb has been slain, the Passover. We've done that one. Trusted in Jesus, being children of God, spotless, sinless. It's a great day. The trumpets remind us to be ready. Um, me and Rita got married once. It was only once. But I mean once in the past. <laughs> and uh, you get ready for the wedding. And it sometimes takes months of preparation. They get ready for each other. Big day coming. And then the trumpet sounds, if you, or a piano, and you look back and your eyes lock. Bride and bridegroom. All right, we've been prepping for this. It's a good day. Um, we often hear it said, on that day when everybody has to meet Jesus, there'll be many surprises. And those that we didn't think are in God's family are, and those that we thought weren't. But the more I read my Bible, the more I get this vibe. There won't be that many surprises on the last day when the trumpet sounds. People who are getting ready now will be ready then. That's why we sound the trumpets now. Jesus-centered church people now will be Jesus-centered church people then. People who live in deliberate rebellion to Jesus and are just rogues their whole life and have never had a sacrifice for their sins and want to carry it on their own, that will be the same for them then. So as we hear this trumpet, maybe for the hundredth time or the first time we prepare for this, we remember this verse, just as people are appointed once to die and then face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away our sins and he will appear a second time to bring salvation to those who were waiting for him which is why sue read when the trumpet sounds encourage each other with these things this is a good thing jesus coming back all evil being wiped away forever the shout goes up now my last question of the day is what did it cost Jesus to get ready for the final trumpet day? we got to get ready and follow him every day. What did it cost Jesus to clean his bride up and get her ready, the church, to meet him when the trumpet finally comes? To make us holy, for Jesus to get married to you forever. What did it cost? Um, I don't know if you find this, but if you're ever feeling really weak or you've been around a loved one who's dying, they get rid of things that don't matter. They just want the core things that mean the most. So on the dying bed, you don't often get someone saying, I wish I had my PlayStation now. I don't want my wife. I don't want my best friend. I don't want my minister. I want my Xbox. Or I want the picture of my Ferrari. Or the poster of... Um, I don't know, David Hasselhoff or whatever. I'm not sure why that came in. But you get the point. You want the things that matter most. 
In Psalm 22, it says this, the son says to the father, why have you forsaken me? It's a prayer of Jesus, and he would later pray it. Forsaken on the cross for why? Why? Remember, Jesus loved his father's business, loved doing his will. They were inseparable from ages past and to ages to come. But there's this moment where Jesus goes, why have you forsaken me now? It's you and me. And he's on the cross. And the fellowship is broken for what reason? What is the high price that Jesus kept going for? What did he cling on to even in that moment where he's saying, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why is your anger now pouring out on me? Why? What was he clinging on to at his weakest moment? What's the one thing he didn't let go so that he could enjoy the coming trumpet sound? And Well... Here's Ephesians 5.25 as I close. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That is how far Jesus is willing to go to meet you when that trumpet sounds. We have never been loved like this before. And the trumpets remind us of him today. Amen.